Greetings, future lovers. This is Killstreak, episode 35. I'm Eric Goslin. Joining me via satellite link all the way in the wilds of Texas, Mike Price. How are you, sir? I'm wild. I'm feeling wild. It's wild out here. Um, wild. Wild. <laughs> I got to say, man, I am loving. It is cooled off here in Los Angeles. It's mm-hmm. like overcast in the 60s and 70s. I feel good again. Man. Finally. It's, it's, we've, had, we've had a similar turn in the weather here, although it's a little warmer today. But yesterday, midday, 62 degrees. It was phenomenal. Um. Yeah. It's really feeling like fall. And there are leaves. There are leaves here at my home that I'm responsible for cleaning up, which was charming for two weeks. And now it's a fucking nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) I have a tree on my front steps that no matter what season, it's always dumping leaves or pods (laughs) or it's like it's eternal. It just never stops. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, The Um, problem with our tree is it has little leaves. So it's like I like like the big oak tree leaves and stuff mm-hmm. like that and like maple trees. Those are fun. You make a leaf pile, but these guys are like, you know, they're leaf shaped, but they're a little bigger than a quarter. So it's just like there are fucking so many. And so hard to they're pick really up hard. Too. Yeah, they're so hard to pick up because they have no like bulk to them. Yeah. Anyways, turns out fall is overrated. I was wrong. It is no longer my favorite season. Well, we are firmly in the fall season. This episode's coming out the week of Halloween. And this is the end of John Carpentober for us. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about his final movie. Well, final as of now, Mm -hmm. The Ward. So, yeah, we will. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out before we start talking. Uh, or don't. Or don't. Just yeah, yeah. Talk about it. That's true. Some people do that, and that's okay. There's no wrong way to consume Killstreak, uh, except for the live commentary episodes this month. It is wrong to listen to them without the movie playing. It would be so weird and unpleasant. Yeah, and we we actually have already recorded our final live commentary, and it was a really mm-hmm. good one. I had a ton of fun. Uh, yeah. Hear more details about that at the end of the episode. It was great. Yeah. Stick around for a little teaser. Um, we've stopped doing this in the interest of speeding the podcast along, but just because it, this is our last regular episode of October, do you want to do like a lightning round rundown of anything you've watched that you really liked? Just throw some recommendations out there. Talk oh, sure, for yeah. 10 seconds about some, cause you and I have been plowing through, uh, some horror movies for this spooky month of Halloween. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the good ones that I really enjoyed. Uh, I think I've already mentioned it. Blood Quantum, which is on mm-hmm. Shudder. It's a it's a zombie movie. Yeah. I really, really liked. Uh, and yeah. then Blood Rage was the other Shudder. It's on Shudder. I think it might also be on Amazon Prime. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like an 80s slasher. Very fun and goofy. Um, I also really uh, very much enjoyed that. Uh, let me think. Of, let me look at my list. Real quick, I while, have, you, while yeah. you talk. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there was one that you seemed excited about uh, that. So, I mean, we talk about it ad nauseum, but uh, Joe Bob's last drive in the Halloween. Oh, yeah. Uh, episode premiered on Friday night on Shudder. Uh, it's two movies. I actually don't know what the second one is yet because I didn't want to spoil it for myself, but I did watch the first half. Oh, I can tell uh, you what, a, what the second one is if you want. But otherwise. You can find yeah, it. Yeah, go yourself. ahead. What is it? It's a uh, hack-a-lantern. 
It's never a movie heard of? I'd never heard of. It is like uh, yeah. I watched a little bit of, of it. Um, mm-hmm. It is like a Bollywood director. They were trying to in a, it's an American movie, but they were trying mm-hmm. to make like a Halloween themed movie because of the success of John Carpenter's Halloween, like 10 okay. years later. And they don't really celebrate Halloween in India. So it's it's uh-huh. a wild, wild movie. Um <laughs> It was pretty fun from what I what I saw, but also the Joe. I think the Joe Bob format is the perfect way to watch that movie. Gotcha. It's okay. Not that great. Got it. Well, for me, um, a lot. I've watched a lot of stuff on Shutter. No shock there. I pay for it. I like to get my money's worth around Halloween time. Um, so the first episode of the last drive-in was covering a Shutter original movie called Haunt from last year, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed yeah, it. I, I really liked that um, movie. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, the, you know, the elevator pitch is it's uh, a group of kids go to a, uh, like one of these extreme haunted houses where you have to sign a waiver and uh, it turns out it's, you know, real and horrifying. Um, yeah, but it's done well. It's pretty straightforward, which I always like. Um, the acting's pretty solid and it's got some creepy villains and stuff. Doesn't overcomplicate things. Um, but I would say my biggest highlight from this month of watching uh, stuff is a movie from New Zealand called Deathgasm. Oh, which, yeah. Yeah, which is, uh, I want to say, about five years old. Um, and it is kind of, uh, you can tell that the the maker of this movie or the people involved, like, there's a ton of love for the kind of Sam Raimi slapstick uh, I should say splat stick, uh, mm-hmm. dead alive. Like we watched a couple weeks ago with Josh and Carol. Um, it's very, I mean, it takes a lot of inspiration from that stuff, but it's just, it's fun. It's funny. If you like metal, heavy metal, it's like a special, uh, treat. But even if you don't, uh, I think they handle it really well in terms of, uh, introducing, uh, that kind of genre to to maybe non fans. Mm-hmm. It's super gory. It's very tongue in cheek. Uh, yeah. So if you're easily offended, I would probably avoid it. But otherwise, I mean, if that sounds good to you, it's I, it was a total blast. I really liked it. Oh, awesome! I'll put that on the list. Um, yeah. yeah, gotta gotta get as many movies in as I can before Halloween. Uh, I was just looking at my list. I don't think anything I've I've talked I haven't talked about. Uh, I rewatched the People Under the Stairs. I really love mm-hmm. that movie. That was Just great. An, yeah. An old favorite. Um and uh the video dead I, I'd seen before. It's not that great. <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> okay. if you need, I don't need know you need to seek that one out. Uh, oh, Good the Sleepaway know. Camp movies. I, I um I'd seen Sleepaway yeah, Camp win. two and I'd never seen three, so I watched those two. And they're, they're I mean those we'll probably eventually watch those movies for the podcast. Yeah. But, those movies are so dumb and so they're just like <laughs> they're my kind of fun as far sure although there's some real problematic shit in part three um oh well there's oh, plenty well, of problematic shit in part one and it's the only one i've seen yeah this one part three has a straight up all right so there's this one character who as soon as she appeared on screen I'm like oh i have a crush on this lady uh-huh. and then later in the movie she drops an n-bomb <laughs> oh boy <Yeah. laughs> okay and it's like oh Yikes. okay crush rescinded i mean it's the actress it's not you know not it's not like she was saying that improving that stuff but yeah um uh what i was gonna say uh, how is hubie halloween oh yeah i watched that last night with kenda uh it was fun i would say that um you know it's uh if you like sandler 
Um, you'll like it uh, for sure. Okay. It's, you know, it, it has all of his normal warts, but also it's like, uh, I think it's just a little bit, I mean, this is, this is a low, low bar, but it's a little more mature than, than some of his uh, more, you know, kind of in between. I think everything, I don't know. I'm one of these people in case you're wondering where I'm coming from. I love Billy Madison. I like happy Gilmore a lot. I think the wedding singer is great. And then after that, it's some real diminishing returns, uh, yeah, kind of bottoming out in like the grown-ups era. Um, th- that's how I feel but, about Adam Sandler. Yeah, but yeah, this was like it's not a return to form, but it's like it's a little bit of a horseshoe shape, you know. <laughs> uh, it's curved, coming back up a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, and there's some some pretty likable supporting performances in it. Um, he is doing a dumb man child for the eight millionth time, but it's not the most annoying one he's ever done. So, okay. uh, and the movie's got a pretty good heart, I guess I'll say. Um, but if I was going to give it points for anything, it's just like, it is, uh, kind of in the way of like a hocus pocus, um, or just like whatever you watched as a kid, it like sets a really good fun, uh, Halloween vibe not like it's not an overly scary or creepy movie but it just has all those hallmarks of like fun Halloween time that's you know? cool I, yeah, I was going so, to save it to after Halloween time for some reason I don't know why that's crazy that's, yeah I guess it, it would be best enjoyed before or on Halloween so I guess maybe I will watch it before Halloween um, alright yeah well cool. speaking of things I haven't seen yet until I did <laughs> that's a bad transition <laughs> terrible transition <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was smooth. I had never seen the ward before. Price has never seen the ward before uh, Mm -hmm. before this podcast. But now we have seen the ward. We're about to talk about the ward. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blood and guts check. How'd you feel? Um, Well, uh, okay. I was very trepidatious going into this. This is a famously poorly reviewed film. It has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. For what that's worth, I'm not a huge Rotten Tomatoes uh, adherent. Um, This movie was not that bad, uh, but also not uh, that great. (laughs) I hate hate coming in with this kind of uh, warm milk opinion because it's it's I know it's not the most exciting thing and it's you love to have hot takes. My take is very lukewarm. It's like it was fine. Yeah. yeah, it was okay. Dude, I, I, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I mm-hmm. it was fine. I, I yeah. didn't, you know, like the ending. I, I don't want to spoil the ending just now. We'll talk mm-hmm. about it. It's my least favorite kind of a twist ending. Right. But I kind of like thought it worked. I, I don't know. Like, it's fine. This movie's fine. It's yeah. The ending. <laughs> it I doesn't mean, again, really feel no like spoiler. a John Carpenter movie, though. You're right. It doesn't. And I think that. I think this movie would be, I mean, it already is pretty unremarkable, I think, for most people who aren't big horror fans. Mm -hmm. But if it wasn't directed by John Carpenter, it would just be totally forgettable. It would be like, yeah, that movie came out. It was okay. Uh, It probably did its job around Halloween time, Mm -hmm. getting people into the theater to watch a horror movie. And then, except this came out in the middle of July. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, yes, it is not an impressive Carpenter effort. It's also, and again, this is a lot of memory because we've only covered, we haven't even covered half of it in this month of catching up on Carpentober, but 
I have never watched The Ghost of Mars all the way through, and I haven't seen Vampires in since it came out in the theater. Yeah, I haven't. Either. But my memory of those two movies suggests to me that this is better than those. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can say pretty confidently that I thought this was better than Village of the Damned. Yes. Um, it didn't look as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Village of the Damned looked more like a Carpenter movie and had like almost a better feel. Yeah, but this was just a better done film. Uh, yeah, overall, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought, yeah, all the cast. I was going to say, well, Amber Heard was dist- she's almost distractingly beautiful in this movie, to a mm. point where I was like, I think she's miscast, and then kind of by the end, I, I came back around on her. Um, okay, and uh, we can I mean, get into that. When we talk about the ending, I, guess. I think we. I mean, I think we should talk about Amber Heard because I think yeah. that there's a whole lot of unpacking to do. Just like she is a conversation topic unto herself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we can start with this film. This, my feeling, I agree. I think she is miscast. Uh, for a couple reasons. The largest being, she is the kind of she gives the kind of performance that is unmistakably modern. And you just forget, like, this film almost can't decide if it actually wants to commit to being in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think she is the the hardest part of that. Like, yeah. it, you, she just, like, she makes no attempts to feel like a woman from a different era. She is just, like, such a traditional, modern, yeah. post-2000s, like, tough-as-nails heroine. Yeah, that's a great um, point. Yeah. And I think she plays it all wrong. I also think, to your point, like her look is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the some of the other cast members, I think almost all of them work better. Uh, specifically, I think Daniel Panabaker does a pretty good job of like playing a uh, like '60s era kind of uh, flirty woman. You know, yeah. whatever, however we want to classify her. Um, An Iris, I but thought, really looked looked. Of the time, yeah, Lindsay Fonseca, she does a good job, and it, but it's not just the look, you know, it's mannerisms and that sort of stuff, and it's just like you know, Amber Heard doesn't talk like like someone from the '60s; she talks like somebody from 2010. Yeah, um, and I also think that her look. So to go back to the look thing, so this is very subjective, and I don't want to spend too long unpacking like women's appearances because it never sounds great coming from us, right? Right, but. Hey, I have thoughts, I have feelings, and my thing with Amber Heard is she is one of the most forgettably attractive women I've ever seen in motion <laughs> pictures. Sure. I've seen her in like seven or eight movies, and honestly, before this movie started, I thought that the girl in the first scene was her. I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't remember what Amber Heard looks yeah, like. I just if, know she's blonde. If you were to you know? hold a gun to my head and be like, draw Amber Heard, right. I would have a really hard... I would probably draw Sarah Gadon. Or like you know, you know what I'm talking about? Um yeah. from from uh eleven twenty two sixty three or whatever the move that yeah, yeah I would probably yeah. draw her instead. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, Amber Heard is just a blonde actor. Yeah. Like actress, however you want to put it. That's what she looks like. She just looks like hot blonde LA girl. Mm-hmm. Um and for what it's worth for me, that doesn't do shit for me. Um she's just like she's one and she's she's a carbon copy of a hundred other hot actresses. Um, and I don't think anything about this performance really sets her apart. 
And then when I look at everything else she's done, I kind of feel the same way pretty consistently. She's just like fine in a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. Um, yeah. I actually thought she was a little bit fun in Aquaman. <laughs> um, like, but, you know, she does this tough girl thing. All right. But she's just I mean, she's super forgettable. And for someone who's she supposed is to like be a producer's. A producer's idea of a leading lady, if that makes any yeah. sense. Like an uncreative producer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a Michael Bay yeah. type or something. Exactly. Yes, 100%. It's crazy to me that she's never been in a Michael Bay movie. And correct me if I'm wrong. I almost folks. thought she was. I was, just, um, I was just looking back at yeah. her filmography. Yeah. And then, of course, like she is a controversial figure uh, outside of uh, her acting performances as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I yeah. don't think it's. The, I, I don't it's, know. Should we even. <laughs> is it I don't worth even know. Like, well, I was thinking about this as I was watching it. As mm-hmm. the, exactly this topic and i'm like i don't even know what right. to say about it because i i it's it seems so messy i mean we're talking about her and johnny depp uh yeah and, and i the, mean the accusations of domestic abuse on both sides right um right and it's like i don't know I mean, who to go ahead yeah it's one of those things where it's a it this is truly now um because it takes a lot if you it, the traditional idea of a he said she said situation like this especially when we're talking about domestic abuse is usually unfairly biased against the woman just because of our sort of patriarchal society i mean we live in a rape culture like this is all real stuff that i believe Mm -hmm. um but she has enough checks against her now that it has truly swung back over to a he said she said where it's like i think that even with all of those factors working against a woman in this situation like she has now demonstrably lied. She's fabricated stuff. He's presented evidence of her sort of twisting this and and like physical abuse on her part. Mm-hmm. And I just want to wash my hands of the whole thing. Yeah, it's this thing. You know? I don't know who to like. I'm sure yeah. the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Um, and right. I just don't know. Like, <laughs> I have. Yeah. I don't have enough information to to rain judgment down on anybody yeah i think so and i think a different podcast uh about a different topic with perhaps a more diverse set of hosts could tackle this better and probably has um because you know it there's like it this dips into the biggest issues of our time right now at least in terms of like social media and culture which is like i mean this is it's a big sort of uh touchstone in terms of cancel culture uh, the idea that Johnny Depp was someone who is for at least a brief period of time, as far as I knew, was like officially canceled mm-hmm. as an abuser. And it was like, OK, we shouldn't cast Johnny Depp and stuff anymore. And now it's like, well, you know what? Sometimes things are not always what they seem. And now it's incredibly complicated. And I mean, if if nothing else, I think, you know, my only real thoughts on it are I think all of us should strive to aim to consider uh, the gradation of things that are not black and white. There are gray areas. There yeah. is context and subtlety that needs to be considered for everything. And uh, yeah, that's like, but well that's said. like the big, that's the cent- one of the central debates of our time right now is like, how do we handle things like this? Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's well said. Yeah. And that it t- kind of, it summarizes my complicated feelings with cancel culture and Twitter mobs, mm-hmm. which I right. think they can do a lot of good. And I think it can do a lot mm-hmm. of harm 
uh, and yeah. there's not really any anyone who can power check on either side, you know? And so it just yeah. kind of is left up to the public opinion. And I don't know, like, but then again, you see people like fucking Mel Gibson still getting cast and shit. You know, like, right. I don't... Yeah. I don't understand how, like, I guess at a, cer- at a certain point, money rules all, and they'll mm-hmm. just cast whoever. Um, yeah. Anyway, that is well, far more intelligent <laughs> yeah. podcast to tackle <laughs> than these uh, fucking yeah. chucklehead and the white guys. <laughs> we like murders on film. Yeah. Um, that's what we're <laughs> this into. This movie didn't have any titties. <laughs> yeah, although, seriously, there's a... Uh, there we'll, is, we'll uh, get to it. There, we'll but... get to it. Probably one of the most gratuitous shower scenes and unproductive shower scenes I've ever yeah. seen on film. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a longer shower scene yeah. with no nudity exactly. in it. Exactly. <laughs> like, what the that was, fuck? That was my note. I was like, wait, it just keeps dissolving and cutting to their backs. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, minus one star just for that. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, in the context of. John Carpentober, this movie um, brings to an end an almost 10-year stretch of him having no feature films directed. And then it marks the only... Now it's been almost 10 years since, and he hasn't directed anything else. Um, And, you know, again, other people, especially at the time, had a lot of thoughts on this. We've talked about it a little bit. I'm curious what you think or what you know, Eric, but it's... I mean, he's always had a contentious relationship with, I think, critics and studios. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that for better or worse, what regardless of what he's right about, which is a lot of things, I don't think he's handled those negative relationships as well as one might hope. And I think it has had uh, a kind of a negative impact on his career especially post 1980s yeah think? i think you're right there um i think he feels very bitter towards a lot of critics and audiences mm-hmm. at this point yeah and has just kind of washed his hands of it and it's like well i'll just fucking play video games now um yeah so he reminds me a lot work wise output wise um of george romero Another one of my favorites who I think had a really great period. And then Mm -hmm. due to their own resistance to the studio system, because Romero also hated Hollywood, didn't want to work in in, uh, with studios. Um, But then that just kind of left him with smaller and smaller budgets and kind of not as talented actors to work with through the years. And then that just combined with, getting older and kind of just losing your fastball um, Mm -hmm. made made for some really lackluster movies towards the end of his life. Um, And John Carpenter, I'm not saying is there yet because like we said, this movie's fine. I would like, I would love to see him do something he's excited about because you don't get the impression that he was excited about this movie. No, no, not Um, really. And I would like to see him given a decent sized budget with Mm -hmm. maybe bring a Kurt Russell back. Like just something that gets his creative juices flowing with minimal involvement yeah. from studios. Let him see what he can do nowadays, and then, mm-hmm. and I, I would love to see what he even wants would want to do. My guess is just like 
a Western or something, you know? Sure. Well, I mean, a lot of people, I think he's been asked that in interviews before. It's like people assumed you would just do a Western by now. And I think he, for whatever, I don't remember his, his response, but I think it was just that like, he's chosen not to. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I also think that he feels like the movies that he makes that are so much like Westerns are enough. Yeah, that's true. Um, like, especially, like, I think you could single out Assault on Precinct 13, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, They mm-hmm. Live. These mo- Those movies are Westerns that are just, that, that like, live in sort of the trappings of other genres. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I would love to see him do a movie that's not as straightforward as this. Mm-hmm. Um, just something that more of his, like, back to his days of genre blending and... and right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I I mean, I do feel like we'll talk about this a little bit more, but I do feel like a lot of the Carpenter style is not there for this movie. I agree. Um, Like his skill as a director is on display in that it's just like it's well it's it's well executed. It works, but it doesn't feel I mean, we talked about like I, I mentioned this during Christine where there's that one moment the the best part of that movie, I think we both agreed was the the car chasing the lead bully sort of through, you know, down a dirt road mm-hmm. uh, that just feels very stylistically like Carpenter. And there was almost nothing like that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, it was, it's hard to think of anything that really smacks of his artistic influence. Um, yeah. And I think what you were saying uh, to pivot back for a second about what I'd love to see him do now, I think that the system that they have set up at is it Bloomhouse or Blumhouse? How do you pronounce that? Jesus Christ. Uh, I believe what? it's... Oh, we'll have to look it up. It's, okay, I'm going to go with Bloomhouse. No, Blumhouse. I'm going to say Blumhouse for now. Okay. Um, Bloomhouse. But, okay, well, then I'll go with Bloomhouse. That's fine. Um, the way that they they seem to handle things, which, I mean, I don't want to blow too, too much smoke up Jason Blum's house, but, I mean, I think he's got a good thing going where it's just like we're not going to give you that much money but we're going to give you a lot of creative freedom mm-hmm. um and they're also going to make sure and it's 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 funny because it's almost like you it like other industries you see this it's like a cloud kitchen with restaurants where it's like we're going to make it easier for you to do the thing and we're going to make it easier for you to get it out to people but we're going to take some of the profit like that kind of seems to be almost the system he has with filmmaking which is like we have this apparatus set up to market to advertise your film and to help you get it made. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to work within these constrictions. But if you can do that, you can do almost whatever you want to. Um, yeah. And I feel like something like that would work out really well for him. Just like a reasonable budget, a five or $10 million budget on a film. Yep. Um, to just do whatever the fuck he wants to. I can't imagine that they wouldn't go for that. And I'm sure... You know, I don't know. Uh, like, I, I, I don't know what kind of behind the scenes conversations happened around the making of Halloween 2018. But um, I mean, I'm, I have to imagine at some point they might have talked to him about directing that um, unless it really was something where David Gordon Green kind of came in and said, I want to do this myself. Mm-hmm. You know? I but, was just uh, thinking, who knows? Also, I would love to see him work with a not pretty cast. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Cause like he works the best with character actors and like, yeah, I was thinking of the movie. Have you seen VFW? 
No, but you told me about it. It sounded fun. It fucking rules. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, yeah. And uh, it, but that's a cast full of character actors who it's like, oh, mm-hmm. those guys would be great in a John Carpenter movie, and not sure. like Amber Heard, you know? Because <laughs> like, I, yeah. I just feel it. I don't know. He just works well with people who all look like they have a face for that has seen seen some shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it might be almost too much sort of like fan service wanking, but honestly, it would be great to see him do a movie that brings back a lot of his like old kind of uh, contributors, like Mm -hmm. the people, his sort of collaborators. If you got, I mean, another Kurt Russell movie, um, you know, Keith David is still around. He's still working. Um, you know, just to do something with these guys in their 60s and even 70s now, like, like, I mean, VFW is a perfect example. I think I th- it could be really cool, you know, I think it'd be really cool. too. Um, yeah, I don't know, John, if you're listening, just consider it. You know, we would love you to made- come back and give it one more swing. <laughs> Sorry. He hasn't made his old man movie. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, this is like- this is the closest thing we have and it's no substitute. For no, no. Yeah. Uh, so let's get a, let's get into a little bit of the making of this movie. Um, sure. Ahead. Yeah, we're we're stretching it out for sure. Uh, but we said this is going to be a fast one. We swear we're going to get through this. Yeah. This is going to be a quick episode. Uh, we always follow through on that. Um, yeah, I there's it's I mean, like you said, it's not really uh, this isn't a, a passion project. Um, you know, it's just kind of. A movie that, uh, as best as I can tell, he he kind of liked the script and decided he was ready to come back and do something. He directed a couple episodes of Masters of Horror in the time in between um, The Ghost of Mars and this one. And, and you know, uh, but it's I mean, it's a little bit lower budget. It's a smaller studio. Um it's very straightforward. I mean, I don't really have as much background on it as I'd like to. A lot of the time, you know, I, I try to go digging and figure out, oh, how did this movie get made? What really happened? Uh, but this is such an unremarkable movie in terms of uh, people's response to it, I think, that there's just like there hasn't been all that much discussion of it. And so right. all I really know is that explicitly... This I think this maybe at face value, this kind of tells you what you need to know. He had no input on the script, which is odd. That's not the norm. Uh, He did not work on the score or soundtrack at all. Again, Mm -hmm. those tend to be indicators of a John Carpenter project versus Mm -hmm. this feels a lot more like John Carpenter directing a movie um, for somebody. Or, I mean, even if it's for himself, it's just like, who knows? Could have been a paycheck. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, I'm just uh, guessing at this point. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I don't know. Do you know? Do you, <laughs> yeah. The cast uh, is decent. Uh, like we talked about, Amber Heard, Daniel Panabaker, we've seen in a couple of things. She's in the Friday the 13th remake. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jared Harris is great. Um, Always a I mean, pleasure to see of, him. Yeah. He's a fantastic actor, and so it's just nice to have him pop up. Um, and then, yeah, a couple other uh, vaguely recognizable actors in the cast, but it's a small cast and uh, not a lot of big names. Uh, yeah, so 
that's that's that. It's it's uh, we might as well just go talk about it. You want to? Yeah, let's talk jump about into this movie. it. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. We're gonna take a quick word from our sponsors, and then uh, we're gonna break down this movie. Okay. We uh, open up on the North Bend Psychiatric Hospital. Of course, it's a psychiatric hospital. It's a dark and stormy night, so it's creepy inside. Um, we meet Tammy. She's in her room listening as somebody walks towards her door slowly. She's crying and cowering in a corner, and then somebody starts to pound on her door, and she screams. Lightning crashes. A new baby cries. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was ready in case you didn't go that way. <laughs> uh, her placenta falls to the floor. Uh, no, she screams. And then somebody mm. grabs her from behind, which should be theoretically impossible. And then we see her. We stay on her feet as she's lifted off the ground. And there's a snap and her feet go still. Title card. I didn't write anything about the title card. So it must have not have stuck out to me. It was very unremarkable. Yeah. Yeah, um, and this it did. They did not have the classic carpenter font as as far. No, as I didn't, and I don't think yeah. Village of the Dam did either. No, yeah, that's, that's what we need it. to go back to. We need a carpenter score, carpenter font, and some fucking old dudes. Yeah, make it happen, Blumhouse. Some fucking old dudes. Yeah, Blumhouse. <laughs> I don't know. We have to check. We should check. Okay. Um, so then it's 1966 in North Bend. Uh, a woman is running through the woods. It's Amber Heard. There's police or, you know, there's a police car, not after her, but there's driving around. You hear a report about a mm-hmm. missing woman. She's running through the woods in a, like a white slip. And then she gets to a farmhouse, lights a match, and then torches the, the curtains and w- mm-hmm. sits and watches as the house burns. Police pull up behind her. Um, at this point, I wrote that the soundtrack is very retro sounding. And by that, I mean, not like a John Carpenter movie, but like, Mm -hmm. it was just very like stock footagey eighties sounding. Did it stick Uh out to you at all? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, No, but I mean, also like usually a Carpenter score does stick out to me in a Mm -hmm. a positive way. So I think the fact that I didn't notice it at all is probably kind of a faint, you know, damned with faint praise Mm -hmm. type of thing. Yeah. This, uh, it's hard for me to describe how it sounded. Um, but it's, it almost like, um, I don't know. It just reminded me of like a late eighties kind of like mm. not super creative, not synthy, but it just okay. like kind of, Oh, like something that would be like in the Omen or something. I don't know. Okay. I don't know guys. Okay. I'm just host a horror podcast and I don't know what the fuck yeah. I'm talking about. Man. <laughs> the burning house looks cool. It's a real, they really burned a farmhouse. It looks like they definitely did. Yeah. And also I will say that the scene of her like reaching through the window and lighting the curtains on fire made me go, Oh shit. It would be really easy to light someone's house on fire if you really wanted to. And that's scary. (laughs) That is scary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so the police bring her to the hospital, uh, and they photograph bruises all over her body. She looks all beat up. Her name's Kristen. get that out of the way. Mm -hmm. Um, then Roy, we meet Roy. He's one of the orderlies. Because, of course, you always have to have a, a borderline abusive, kind of creepy orderly. Yeah. And, like, I'll spoil this right up front. But the bar is so low for the creepy orderly yeah. in these movies. And it's such a cliche that it's, like, I'm ashamed to say that I was, like, oh, good for him that he doesn't try to molest any of these Yeah. The, he, at a certain <laughs> point, Sarah hits on him. And she's, yeah. like, you know, I could see you 
when I get out of here, he's like, no, that'll never yeah. happen. Get away from me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did appreciate right. that. So yeah. he's more of just an asshole and less of a creep, I mm-hmm. guess. I'm right. Roy. He's- Welcome to paradise. <laughs> so I can be your buddy or I can be a thorn in your side. It all depends on whether you're willing to follow the rules. So at that point, you're like, oh, no, this guy is going to be a real creepo. And, he, right. and he's not. So good on Roy. Yeah, it turns out when he when he says follow the rules, he doesn't mean like give me blowjobs. He means no, follow the actually rules. follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he brings her into the titular ward. Uh, and I wrote, I could play Roy's character. <laughs> it kind of looks similar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you could for sure. <laughs> um, uh, we get that obligatory shot of all the other characters in the wards common era area all like given mm-hmm. Kristen the eye yeah. uh there's good Sam, sarah emily and uh iris and zoe are all there then um we get to tammy's room and nurse nurse lunt i love that name <laughs> uh it's a good name wipes tammy's uh name off of like the, the chalkboard where they all have like chalkboards announcing their names and she writes in Kristen's. Kristen goes in there and lays down. Uh, we get the first time, first instance of this, but it happens throughout the movie where we see images of the fire and like of a woman being mm-hmm. chained. Yeah. And, some flashbacks, it would seem or something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, whew, I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I'll just throw this out here because I'm curious what you think. This is a feeling that I had coming into this movie that is, I don't know how to describe it and i and that's my fault for you guys listeners but it's like i don't love mental hospital movies i don't either in general. i yeah. don't either and i was thinking about that as i was watching the movie mhm i don't know what it is uh you know it's like i think part of it i i think back to ginger snaps 2 and i think a telling thing a feeling that i had during that one is when they break out i'm like thank god we get to go yeah. somewhere else and exactly. I think that's part of it is just that feeling of being trapped where it's like it's not unpleasant to me so much as it is limiting. It's just like this whole movie all it's takes place boring. in like the same. Yeah, it is boring for sure. And that's like this movie, like they do sort of turn it on its head a little bit by the end. Mm-hmm. But it's like we've seen electroshock therapy in all mm-hmm. of these movies. And yeah. also we know that electroshock therapy isn't like that. Right. Yeah, I I was like, a lot of people benefit from it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it gets such a bad rap. And even in this movie, they have the line like, I thought they banned electroshock. It's like, no, they never banned it because it's like a legitimately helpful thing for some people. Yeah. And it's like requires informed consent. They don't do it to people without their consent unless they are dangerously suicidal. It's Yeah. But anyways, yeah, we've seen Nurse Lunt before. We've seen Mm -hmm. this this guy before we've seen like we've seen it all before and it's like i think that is one of the biggest knocks on this movie is Mm -hmm. that just again with the style thing it's like okay if you were gonna give me all of these kind of cliched things but at least it has that carpenter style i'd be i'd be on board this is also in the era of Mad Men, so it's like Mm -hmm. oh of course it takes place in the mid 60s and all all of the costuming looks great like it looks like Mm -hmm. of the era but like I don't know. It's just like we've seen it. We've seen all of this before. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, she wakes. Oh, yeah. She's laying in bed and somebody pulls the blanket off her and pulls it and drags it under her bed. And so she wakes up and reaches under there and finds 
like a torn charm bracelet. It's just the charms mm-hmm. in her hands. Right. I don't really see what it spells out just yet. Uh, then we meet uh, Jared Harris. He's Dr. Gerald Stringer. Oh, like I said, always a pleasure to see him. He's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and she asks him, like, who came in here last night? And he's like, well, the door was locked. Nobody came in here. Uh, the nurse comes in. Nurse Lunt gives her her pills, and she refuses to take them, crushes them on the ground. Nurse Lunt, you'll do well to follow the rules here, young lady. Uh, then we meet the other patients. We got Emily, um, who is Mamie, like, Mamie like, Gummer. Is that her? That's her yeah, name? that's her name. Yeah, she looked very familiar to both of us, but I think we looked down her, her resume and not too much that I knew, but she's she's pretty good in this, I think. Yeah, I liked her. Um, I liked her. Yeah. She, uh, people might like know the her from The one. Good Wife, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's the brash one, and I would also say she's the one, like... Like, one of the issues, I think, with the characterizations in this movie, which, to be fair, is explained to a certain degree by, like, the third act twist, is that mm-hmm. none of them seem that crazy. Yes. Um, yeah. And Nobody it is also very... un that crazy. Yeah, it, no one does. And it is very unclear why any of them are in this facility in the first place. Yeah. And Emily kind of comes the closest, and it's just because she's sort of... She interrupts people and she's very uh she's like a little annoying and kind of mm-hmm. crazy and like yeah, a yeah. wild. But that's yeah. it. You know. Exactly. You know. Uh but she does a good job, Mamie, Mamie Gummer. Mm-hmm. I, I liked her in yeah. this. Um and then we meet Sarah and she's yeah. like, Who's the new girl? Some runaway. We'll see how long this one lasts. Sarah's like kind of like the bitchier, flirty. She's, she's like flirts with catty. all the- Yeah. 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 Caddy and, and uh, yeah, like flirty is seductive. Uh, that's what she's going for. She's not that good at it, though. Yeah, she's, she's really not. She's not very successful. Um, Kristen, of course, is just like, I'm out of here. I'm going to get out of here. And they're all like, well, take us with you, right? <laughs> and like, she's like, no. <laughs> um, I wrote down Emily, like, makes a, a horror movie noise to her. You know what I mean? When she's like talking, she's, I think she was talking about somebody being in a room. Um, uh-huh. Kristen does. And Emily's like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's the, it drives me fucking crazy. It's really? in every goddamn horror movie. And it's always a main character experiences something creepy. And mm. then a bully kind of person does that to them to show that they don't yeah. believe that. Like, oh, you, oh, you must believe little green mm-hmm. men are coming. But nobody yeah. has ever done it in real life, and it's only exists. It only exists in horror movies. It fucking drives me nuts. I do it to people all the time. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, do we meet the other two? Do we meet Zoe and Iris? In this yeah, scene we do. Uh, Iris is okay. like she's the artist. She has glasses. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Zoe is like the uh, the she's uh, ba- she's the baby. <laughs> she's a baby. Yeah, but she's really like. 18 probably but just young looking yeah but she acts like the baby she has a stuffed animal and she's like sort of childlike she keeps a penny in her mouth i thought that was really (laughs) funny (laughs) i used to do that when i was a kid and it's gross to think about now that i would just suck on a penny sometimes did you really suck on pennies not like uh habitually but it's like you know as a just maybe sort of a uh what do you call it with the oral oral um, fixation 
An oral fixation, yeah. Like, I'd chew on pens and stuff, and if I didn't have anything, I'd chew on paper clips and just kind of, and if I had a penny or something, I'd just toss a penny in my mouth and, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. That, I think that's how I became a smoker. <laughs> that, that no longer. Everything. Seven years. Seven years clean. Congratulations. Uh, so Roy takes her to Dr. Stringer, and she doesn't know why she's there. And he's like, well, I'm hoping we can get to the bottom of that mystery together. Uh, she doesn't remember anything from mm-hmm. before the fire. Yeah. And uh, she doesn't even know why she was at the farmhouse or why she burned it down. Right. Um, and then she, uh, but she did have the address to the farmhouse written on her palm. So she was she purposely went there to burn it down, but she doesn't know why. Um, and then so he's like, you know, there must be some sort of emotional trauma that you're repressing. Um, and, you know, that's what they're going to get to the bottom of. She, during this conversation, uh, she palms a letter opener and like stashes at. So he doesn't notice that she took that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then back in her room, Roy watches her take her medication. But of course, she doesn't swallow them and they're all very yeah. like they don't double check she just hides them no, under and her tongue. we get like five tongue. versions of this scene over the course yeah, of really the movie do. it's a little it's a little annoying it's just it like is. does anybody and she literally never takes her medication once and they never catch her like and she always stuffs it in her pillowcase mm-hmm. and i was expecting at some point to be like oh she's gonna take all of those and poison right. somebody with them which mm-hmm. would have been cool but yeah. doesn't happen like nurse lunt no nothing yeah <laughs> So she takes the letter opener and she like effortlessly picks the lock. <laughs> it's like <laughs> real easy for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, she escapes into the hallway. Um, but then she tries to like pry the main door to get out and out of the ward. But Roy comes up behind her, grabs her going somewhere. Darling, we can do this all night again. He sounds creepy, but he's not he just actually right. just wants to do his job. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Yeah, he never really does anything except what his tasks yeah, are assigned as, but he seems <laughs> gross for some reason. And then back in her room, lightning and thunder starts up again, and there's some footsteps in the hallway coming towards her door. And then very suddenly, there's a face there. It looks, you can't really see it very well, but it's like a rotted corpse face, and then it's gone. The next morning, Roy brings her some clothes, and she joins the others in the common area. Uh, Zoe's there feeding her stuffed rabbit. Um, I did like, there's a funny line where she asks, Kristen asks Emily, he's like, what's her story? And Emily's like, eh, she's just crazy. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. Um, yeah. So then they're outside in the yard and Kristen's like, always trying to look for an escape. She's like, she's mm-hmm. like eyeing the fence, trying to find a way that they, she can get out. Sarah's flirting with another orderly. Um, and then Iris is like, Hey, let me draw you. And then as she's getting her portrait drawn, her portrait drawn by Iris, she like kind of look, looks up into a window and sees like a middle-aged man and woman watching, mm-hmm. watching her through the window with Dr. Stringer. And then, um, they're described Kristen, as the sad people, the right? sad by people. Iris. Yeah. They're always here. Yeah. Those are the sad people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kristen asks her like, you know, hey, I heard somebody walking around and came. Somebody came to my room, and I was like, "No, nah, that's impossible. It's all locked up at night." So then, it's nighttime again. They put on a record and start dancing. It's kind of fun little scene. 
I guess. Yeah, it's it's fun, just... but it like doesn't totally work because it no every everything in this movie just feels like a little bit of a knockoff of something else. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's kind of how this one felt. It's like this scene. I was like, this is if if I had never seen anything like this before, I'd think this was kind of fun. But I just feel like, and it's funny, I didn't put the Mad Men thing together when I was watching this, but it in retrospect, it seems so obvious. Um, yeah. That that in in various ways this show is trying to capitalize on the popularity of Mad Men, and I'm I'm literally wondering now. It's like was Jared Harris on Mad Men by the time that I this don't think he was movie came out. Um, I, no, man, I don't think so. But I I know that um, Daniel Panabaker, I think she was in an episode of Mad Men. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, when did Mad Men um, start? Because I said Mad it. Men I said it in two thousand seven. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so Mad Men is on it. And I don't think Jared this Harris is, this is comes peak in like Mad Men popularity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh his first uh, but appearance I'm sure that was a selling point three. for this movie. Yeah. Oh. Um so then yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, there could be a crossover. But yeah, like again, this scene feels like something you would see like later on in Mad Men at least. But you know, yeah. Again, it's just there's not a lot of originality here and there's not a lot of distinctive style. Um, cause the other thing too, is it's already starting to happen, but with like the appearances of this ghost, it's very J horror. It's like, yes, that's kind of what was popular at the time. It and is. it's like these quick flashes and she's there, she's gone. And again, it's one of those things where it's just like, this movie doesn't seem to have a lot of its own ideas. And when we get to the resolution of the plot, I mean, I'll just say like this whole plot, like the twist is entirely lifted from another movie. Yeah, um, I have an idea of what that movie is, but okay. it might not be the one that you're thinking of. So yeah, we'll get okay. we'll get to that. I'm looking at my notes here. And it's like mm-hmm. okay, so they're dancing. The power goes out. They all get scared. Then the power right. comes back on, and Kristen goes to the nurses station, and she's like taking a look at all the files, right. and she's looking at like the medications that they've been getting. Mm-hmm. And Emily like shows her a jar. She's like, oh, this is the new stuff they've been giving us. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, like I wrote that down, like, oh, I'm sure this will factor into the plot at some point. Like, the, oh, this, you know, this crazy medication yeah. is actually, yeah. but it's like, no, this, this doesn't come back up again ever. No, maybe it was supposed to at some point, but yeah, it's, I, I can't think of any way it ties in. Maybe. Um, so then we get our shower scene that we talked about, which is just like <laughs> lengthy, lengthy shots of their yeah. backs. It's a little bit of side mm-hmm. boob, but mm-hmm. it goes on for, I, I should have timed it. It feels so long. I think it's like two or three minutes. That's, that's how it felt to me. It's probably shorter than that. Um, and not to keep beating up, but now I'm thinking about it too. And it's like, it's also just the most cliche shower scene feel like the way it's shot and everything and the steam and the angles. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I love John Carpenter because of what he brings to a movie. And this feels like him making someone else's movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it just doesn't feels feel like, like a Carpenter scene. scene. Yeah. Yeah. But it's none just of the actresses want to get nude for it. So <laughs> <laughs> is this yeah. movie even rated R? I actually should check that. Yeah. Uh, the violence is pretty extreme in parts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you're right. You're right. I mean, yeah, it's few right. and far. The, the violent scenes are few and far between, but when they happen, they they get pretty gory. 
Um, so all of the girls end up leaving the shower, leaving Kristen there, there by herself. Mm-hmm. And then we see there's a shape in the steam. And then suddenly a corpse grabs her by her throat. She screams. Nurse Lunt rushes in and finds her. And they have to sedate her. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they wheel her because she's freaking out. They wheel her into the electroshock therapy room. Um, and I was like, they don't believe her, but she clearly has a bruise on her neck. Like, like that something grabbed her by the throat. Right. Um, and then that's where you get the lines. Like, didn't they outlaw this stuff? It's like, nope. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Stringer gives her a bit to put in her mouth so she won't bite her tongue off. The medications weren't working as I hoped. This treatment should be far, should be beneficial. So then of course they shock her. Uh, and it's like terrifying. It looks terrifying. I'm sure it looks weird right. in real life, but it's always, it just sort of, do- it bothers me. You know, like the sixties in, you know, before probably the past 20 mm-hmm. years, I know a lot of the conditions in hospitals like this weren't great. They mis- mistreated right. patients, mm-hmm. but that's not really what this movie's about. You know, this isn't right. really about an abusive set of doctors Right. And so, I don't know, it just seems like none of these threads really come together. Yeah, and it's also like, why would you really go down that road when you know you're going to be going head-to-head with much better movies? It's like, mm-hmm. like again, like, I Nurse Lunt, she's not Nurse Ratched, but it's no. also like, why, why would you even have, like, why wouldn't you go a different direction with this nurse character? Why does she Make have to be kind. matronly and mean? Yeah, it's like, you're never going to come close to touching one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So why are you bothering? Yeah, you know? exactly. Why even draw comparisons? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so it's group, group therapy time. Emily comes in with like lipstick all over her mouth. It makes, makes it look like she has like a, gi- a giant smile. Yeah. She looks like uh, uh, the Joker. <laughs> yeah. Then um, she, she says like, Oh, what would you do? last night to Kristen because sometimes to Dr. Stringer sometimes you take people away and they don't come back Tammy didn't mm. come back mm. Dr. Stringer doesn't want to talk about Tammy um, and Sarah just like oh I don't believe that you saw anything in the shower to Kristen so you know Iris comes in see you later alligators I'm off to my last session with Dr. Stringer uh, she believes that oh this is a different scene uh, sorry that's fine sure. yeah, that's- yeah. <laughs> doesn't really matter she she yeah. thinks she's about to get released. And everybody's like, "No, you're not. You're not gonna get released." Yeah. <laughs> um. So then she's in Doctor Stringer's office, and um, you know, she's trying to convince him that she's better now. She doesn't have mm-hmm. you know whatever she's in there before, for whatever right. reason that does doesn't affect her anymore. And he starts looking at her drawings, and they're all nice portraits. But then there's like some scary ones right. of like something in the hallway. He's like, so she what tries is- to pass off as being, oh, those are old. Exactly. Ones. I don't make those exactly. Anymore. Yeah. Um, so then he's like, ah, let's try something different. He, he draws the blinds and you're like, you know, right there. As soon as he drew the blinds, my, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up <laughs> like, oh, he's going to do something fucked up to her. Then he pulls right. out a metronome and starts like hypnotizing her. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, focus on your home. Imagine your parents are there waiting for you. And he's like, it's 1958, and you're asleep in your bedroom. And we fade out of there. We come back up on him. Um, you know, he's outside of his office, and the orderly comes to get her. And she's like, yeah, she fell asleep in my office. But he opens the door, and she's not there. 
Um, and then we cut to her. She's being wheeled away on a gurney, strapped down. She's yeah. freaking out. And then well, let, me, let me time out for one second. Because sure. Yeah. This just this just occurred to me. Now, again, to sort of dance around the big twist of the movie, which I'd rather not give away yet. But it's like I'm thinking about this exchange between Jared Harris and the orderly. And it's like, mm-hmm. why does this exist? And how does this make sense? I don't in, know. It I don't is, think it actually the fits into the with plot. This, yeah. I mean, you could, you guys can probably guess. <laughs> we're not going to reveal it yet. <laughs> you can probably guess what we're talking about. That yeah. kind of thing drives me fucking bananas with all of these movies. Um, right. This, like, this kind of twist. Um. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, we cut, we see that, like, Alice, this corpse, we later find out is the corpse of Alice. Mm-hmm. is wheeling her into um you know she straps they straps her to a chair and there's a bunch of surgical instruments and she takes a long spike off of the surgical tray and just jams it in her eye like she's giving her a lobotomy right but it kills her body counts up to 1 uh Kristen wakes up no, that doesn't really matter <laughs> Kristen and Zoe are watching cartoons yeah what? and um it's just kind of like Kristen endearing herself to Zoe. They, she kind of becomes Kristen becomes Zoe's de facto protector. Um, the next morning, Kristen's looking for Iris. Nobody knows where she is. Her room is all cleared out, uh, but her sketchbook is still there. Um, and Nurse Nurse Lunt won't answer her about like where Iris is. <clears throat> so Kristen takes Iris's notebook back to her room. And she's in there. She's she's like flipping through the portraits, and she sees a picture of the Alice, a woman named Alice. Um, and is the picture? Then, it's like a, it's like the ghost, right? Yeah. Well, one? I think there's one of mm-hmm. her normal. Then she flips a page, and it's her it. as the corpse, okay. as okay. the ghost. Her name's Alice Hudson. And then she pulls out the charms that she found on the on the under her bed, and sees that they spell out Alice. Right. So making the connection. She has Tammy and Alice's old room. Um, so then she asks Dr. Stringer about it, and she's like, Did you treat a girl named Alice? She's the one who attacked me in the shower. And she's like starting to realize like all oh, these girls are actually disappearing from here. And we see we get a really unnecessary flashback of the nurse <laughs> erasing Tammy's name from the right. <laughs> chalkboard like we saw that like we don't we don't we just need saw that. help with that yeah yeah we that was probably like 15 minutes ago in in movie time <laughs> um so then uh she asks the girls about it everybody refuses to answer sarah's like sorry i don't converse with loonies Kristen slaps her um <clears throat> so she's like all right i'm getting out of here tonight and uh, Emily's like, well, come on, take me with you, please. And she she even, she even like, utilizes Zoe's mm-hmm. mouth penny. She's like, can I have your penny? And, like, Zoe, like, sticks her tongue out. And just, like, yeah. It's on her tongue. Um. So then Kristen and Emily decide to make a plan to escape. They fake taking their pills. Um. And she, unuses, she uses Zoe's mouth penny. To unscrew a grate, an absolutely huge air duct that is like <laughs> yeah. 
at it's big enough for me to get into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's at like chest level. It's not even high yeah. above the. It's like it's just like yeah. fucking tunnel. Yeah. It's just like oh yeah, these right. are tunnels that we have here. <laughs> it's crazy looking. You can't get into them unless you have a penny, though. You know, <laughs> they have Anything no metal. Bubble. Yeah, yeah, crawling around in there. It's not even claustrophobic. <laughs> no, like room room to stand up probably. Uh, Nurse Lunt sees that her door is open and she's not there. Um, and then Kristen and Emily like kind of emerge in a different part of the hospital, but Lunt's right on her ass. Uh, but they cleverly avoid her by hiding behind a screen, a flimsy like white screen. Yeah. I thought that was a different nurse. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like they're just uh, maybe. it doesn't really matter. Yeah, because they're on the reg- they're on a regular hospital floor now, right? Right. Or at least less crazy than whichever floor they live on. Yeah. Right. Uh, they can make it down to the morgue. Emily finds a couple of scalpels and she pockets in. Then somebody's coming, so they have to hide. Kristen hides in the closet. Um, there's a cool shot. There's like a hand behind her, like goes to grab her mm-hmm. in the closet. She, but she doesn't even yeah. notice. Which I always, right. I always love that shit. That that that's the kind of stuff that's creepy to me. Yeah. Um. Then she comes out of the closet. Everybody's gone, and then the one of the uh, refrigerator, like the morgue refrigerator slabs, start the door starts vi- like shaking. So we're like, oh, Emily, mm. uh, Emily must be hiding in there. And right. Kristen opens it up, and it's empty, guys. And then a jump scare as a corpse hand comes down from somewhere, and it's like <laughs> yeah. doesn't instead of reaching out from her, it's like down from the ceiling in the slab, which doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, so she gets out of there. Boom. There's a corpse right in front of her face. It's Alice full on ghost corpse mode. Kristen falls back, hits her head, passes out. Yeah. She almost made it out, right? She makes it, she makes it to like the lobby and she's headed to the door and it's very frustrating. And it's not frustrating in a way where I'm invested. It's frustrating because I feel like this movie is not allowing anything of substance to happen. It's like, I agree with you. It's just like, we're in this cycle and you know, so she's going to wake up, you know, again, back in her fucking room or whatever. And And then it's like, we just repeat this again. See her try to break out. Yeah. She's like, and I mean, I feel like all the dialogue that follows this scene too is super repetitive. It's literally just like, you didn't, you know, she catches up with Emily. She's like, you didn't get out. Oh, we have to escape. We have to escape tonight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is what we just did. It's like, come on. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. She's back in the ward, sleeping on the floor. Emily comes in and explains that like, oh, the orderlies caught me and brought me back here. Um, So if we don't get out of here, we're going to disappear just like Iris. Nobody gets out ever. Sarah meets this is that scene we were talking about. Sarah's like trying to seduce Roy, being like, Hey, yeah. I know you can't do anything with me now, but you know, when I'm out of here, we, we can right. go on some dates. He's like, No, not interested. Absolutely. You didn't not. even hear no me way. out. <laughs> it's like that, that no way. Um he's just like, that'll never happen. Sarah's after Kristen for sneaking out. She's always like, they're always at odds with each other, no matter what she mm-hmm. does. Sarah's like mean to her. Um, and then Sarah pulls out her co- mirror, like her compact mirror, and um, is like looking at her face, and she sees the ghost of Alice in the mirror right. behind her. 
So she runs. She runs out of the hallway into the kitchen, which seems crazy that they can get into that kitchen. There's like a full on <laughs> deli slicer right there. Yeah. Yeah. There's I mean, it is funny because we're going to have a plot device in a second. That's like one of the patients getting a hold of a tool. And it's like, wait, mm-hmm. but they can also just go into the kitchen. Yeah. At their own discretion. Use whirring yeah. blade to slice their wrists or whatever. <laughs> um, and then Alice grabs her from behind. It's cool. To, I don't know. It's like CGI looking like mm-hmm. there's like maggots under her skin like crawling yeah it's kind of a yeah. cool idea it looks a little cheesy but i kind how did you feel about the 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 ghost design in this movie um i feel like if this was a movie about ghosts and this was mm-hmm. one of them she'd be an effective ghost but the fact that this is basically our only ghost and main antagonist for the whole thing is kind of uh, unremarkable yeah I agree. Um, so she hooks Alice. I'm sorry. She hooks Sarah up to the electroshock therapy machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alice puts like the, the calipers on her head, and cranks the juice. There's no weight reason why this thing should go up as high as it does. <laughs> yeah. But it certainly yeah. does. And uh, she starts to like Sarah's skin starts to like sp- burn and split mm-hmm. blood's coming yeah. out of her nose and eyes it's an excruciatingly uh, long scene because it yeah, is it just it happens very slowly and i will say that it didn't really do much for me now the power starts flickering in other parts of the of the ward she's smoking and then it's like oh i was like oh maybe her like fucking eyes are gonna explode or something like yeah. really horrific that's like conclusive mm-hmm. but no just yeah alice just switches it off and she's dead yeah. Right. Body, Body counts count up to two. two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kristen's looking for Sarah. Um, And Emily's like, if Alice can get Sarah, she can get all of us. Zoe starts to freak out. And she drops her rabbit. Okay. So she drops a rabbit and Kristen sees it. It says A.H. on the foot. And then Kristen puts it together. A.H. Alice Hudson. That's mm. Alice's rabbit. Yeah. Oh. And then she's like, what did, what did you guys do? And so he's like, I didn't touch her. It was Sarah and the other girls. And then she pries. Finally, she like browbeats Zoe enough to get the truth from her. And Alice was bad and she would hurt us. She hurt us all the time. And then Tammy, she told us what to do. She said we could make it stop. It was her idea. We got rid of her. So then we get a flashback. Um, Alice is like in the common area. Zoe comes back and she's like, Hey, Alice, we found the bunny that you lost. It's in Tammy's room. So Alice rushes in there and then all the girls are there and they put a pillowcase over her head and suffocate her and her charm bracelets torn. That's why those charms were under the bed. They murdered Alice. Man, I should have put a body count uh, three. I sh- I'll, I'm going <laughs> to amend that body count three. Alice is yeah. dead. Yeah. This is the grossest effect in the movie, I think, and it's pretty effective. This throat slash is very gory. Oh, yeah. No, we haven't even gotten there yet. Oh, yeah, shit. Emily, <laughs> Emily grabs a scalpel she, she took from the morgue, and she's going to cut her wrists with it. And then Kristen is like, hey, hey, don't, don't do that. She talks her out of it. But then Ghost Alice is there. She grabs the scalpel, slashes mm. uh, Emily's throat. Yeah, what you just said. It's a really good right. throat slash. Yeah. 
Body yeah, count. Sorry, I got, I got ahead of myself. I was excited by one good kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, spoiler! Don't don't ruin uh, oh, fuck. our ruined end it. segment. I ruined here. it, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so they have to get out of there. She pretends to take Zoe hostage, um, and like walks her past the nurses' station with a scalpel. Uh, mm-hmm. gets him to open the door. Roy starts chasing him. Um. And uh, like there's some elevator nonsense where like, you know, they run into an elevator. Roy, you know, right. doesn't get there in time. The elevator closes. Um, sorry. They I'm, the, I'm, uh, they, no, it's fine. They end up on the ground floor. Roy is there. They run back into the elevator. Yeah, exactly. Again. Then they end up in the basement. Then there's another orderly following them around. It's just a fucking wild goose chase that ends exactly. up with them at a dumb waiter in the basement. Right. I think that's that's actually coming up. That's actually coming up. Uh, but yes, if, uh, yes, it, essentially, because um, they catch her in this in this case, they catch her again. They put her in a straitjacket. They force feed her her medic her meds. Put her in her mm-hmm. room. She gets out of the straitjacket by like rubbing it on like an exposed right. spring, right? And then she uh, pukes her pills up. And when Lunt comes to check on her, she Kristen knocks her out, and then knocks roy out gets zoe they bolt another fucking chase through the, right. the ward and that's why you're confused yeah. because it's i the combine same the thing two happens. yeah exactly mm-hmm. this is the yeah. third fucking escape attempt and it's right. not as it, it wasn't even exciting the first time and it's always the same thing whether it's the nurse or the orderly or whoever but it's like someone she gets out someone's chasing her repeat rinse repeat yeah it's pretty it's pretty boring honestly exactly um, and so she sticks Zoe in a dumbwaiter and is like in the basement. There's another orderly like trying to get into her, trying to get into her, trying to get at her. Um, and then, you know, she, the, the dumbwaiter. Oh, we see Alice in the dumbwaiter with Zoe. Mm-hmm. And then when the when the dumbwaiter comes back down to get Kristen, it's empty. I guess Zoe's right. dead. I don't know. Maybe. Does, we don't really know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so she gets in the, the dumbwaiter, emerges from it and she's in an office and there's a trail of blood so uh she starts to follow it and alice steps in front of her Kristen runs there's there's a whole cat and mouse chase with the yeah. ghost chasing her um she gets, alice she gets catches beat her, up quite a bit, a bit. It, yeah, yeah yeah exactly tossed it's into a bunch of stuff. Like glass and shit yeah. yep yeah and i wanted and to she, say about this before we go into the resolution of this kind of showdown with the two of them that like until we get the twist which we will reveal very very soon Mm -hmm. but it's like when it's just Kristen battling ghost alice this is a frustration that i have with pretty much all movies that deal with ghosts which Mm -hmm. is it's like hard for me to buy like it's this whole thing of like if a ghost is already dead, yeah. then it's like too powerful and it's like hard because you have to build in these like restrictions or restraints or whatever it is. And I know with like a lot of ghosts, it's like, oh, we have to figure out why they're haunting and like fix something. Yeah. But it's like if you're just having a fist fight with it with a ghost, it's like there yeah. the stakes are gone because I don't feel like there's anything like it's the ghost is like Alice is super strong. She's already dead, so I don't know how you kill her. Um, yeah. you know, and eventually we do get some answers to this stuff that kind of retroactively fixes it. 
But this fight meant nothing to me. Yeah. Because it was just no, like, Price, what, what, you're 100% yeah, what are the right. stakes? Yeah. And that, that is something that has always bothered me about ghost mm-hmm. movies. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And like, I guess to another extent, um, ghost stories and like books, because how the fuck right. do you get rid of a ghost? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's not that interesting to see like, go back to the light. We found right. the person who murdered you. Like, you know, like that mm-hmm. shit's kind of boring and you yeah. can't kill a ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the haunt, you know, say what you will about the ending of the haunting of Hill house. But I, right. I think it does. A pre- it's a pretty good ghost story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read the book that it's based off of after seeing that. And I, I even like that more just like, the creepy thing about the book is that all the rooms just feel mm-hmm. too small or too like there's like it, it they do a really good job of like making it scary, making it seem uh-huh. threatening, and then but without ever having to be like chop the ghost with the axe, you know, like, which <laughs> right. is what happens just, in this movie. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, at, at, Kristen grabs a fire axe and chops Alice in the chest with it. And it seems to work. <laughs> and I was like, what? The Which is just... super. Yeah, it's very confusing. <laughs> so you could just chop a ghost in the chest with an axe. Yeah. Good. Um, so then she's in Stringer's office. It's trashed. She finds the file for Alice is open on his desk. And then, uh oh, I wrote <laughs> because <laughs> there in Alice's file. It says she has multiple personality disorder, and oh then she has different. God. I wrote. I wrote these down. She has different personalities. And guys, can you guess who they are? We get Emily. <laughs> Emily is the id. Iris, she's the artist. Sarah, the seductress. Tammy, the aggressor. Zoe, the infant, and then Kristen, the protector, survivor, intelligent. So then, Doctor Stringer's in there with her. He sneaks up behind her. And he explains, your name is Alice Lee Hudson. You were abducted from your house in 1958. You were left chained up in an abandoned farmhouse for nearly two months, the farmhouse that you burned down. So in order to cope with the trauma, her psyche fractured. She has multiple personality disorder. The new personalities um, completely dominated Alice, like the real Alice, Mm -hmm. which then we flash back to seeing the person like you know all the other characters murdering alice right and all of this is experimental treatment uh her psyche invented Kristen to prevent herself from reliving the trauma okay so that's the big reveal (laughs) this is a multiple personality disorder movie Mm -hmm. all of the characters yes aren't real we're going to retroactively change the body count to zero (laughs) nobody's died Right. <laughs> Those flashbacks that we saw to her being chained up were when she was abducted. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about this reveal when it happened? Um, okay. So this is complicated because I, one, I, this is uh, the exact same reveal. It's basically a combination of two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that it cribs from more so, uh, did you want to, you said you had a guess. Did you want to say what you thought? Yeah. Um, um all right. So I guess spoilers, we're about to spoil mm-hmm. a couple of movies, but, yeah. um, I was thinking identity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the yeah. multiple personality element is 
way too close to identity to like give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt. It's literally the whole movie is all these different characters interacting. And then you find out at the end that it's all in one person's psyche and they are all getting killed off slowly. It's like the same shit. It's not just yeah. multiple personality. It's also the elimination of all the other personalities by a murder. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so that's one. But then additionally, the trappings of the treatment, the experimental treatment is yeah. the same thing as Shutter Island. Sh Shutter Island, which, yep. Yeah, which as a movie at least came out the same year, granted about six months earlier, but the book had been around for seven, eight years at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and I hated that ending in Shutter Island. I like uh, So yeah. I like that author, Dennis Lehane, and I right. read Shutter Island before I saw the movie, uh, and I loved it up until the ending. This, these endings mm -hmm. fucking drive me nuts. I don't like yeah. this. Yeah, it doesn't work. And it's like one of those things where, you know, there is a way to pull off these big twists if you really take care. Mm -hmm. And it what it should do in my mind. And again, like, I know I'm not a filmmaker. So, like, take my criticism for as, give it as much value as you want to. But, like, I will give credit to to a certain degree to like a movie like The Sixth Sense where mm -hmm. you watch it again and then you're like, oh, shit, there are a lot of things in this movie that you could perceive two different ways. And now that you know the twist ending, it makes the viewing feel different and it rewards yeah. another viewing, right? Yeah. Uh, I think the best example of this is probably Fight Club. Yep. Um, a movie that historically, you know, just to put it out there right now, I love Fight Club. I think it's great. It has a huge following of people who don't get it, uh, who think Tyler Durden is a hero. They are stupid. Uh, yep. If you like the movie for that reason, you were wrong. Watch it again. Um, but it's actually a really good movie. And it is a movie that is really rewarding on repeat viewings once you actually know what's going on. Mm -hmm. This movie has almost none of that. This is just like, it's just such a rote by the numbers thing. And then we get this big reveal. And I feel like I looked back on the rest of the movie and I was like, yeah, I guess. Okay. But it like it changes yeah. almost nothing. It doesn't. There's no payoff to finding all of this out, you know. Exactly. I, I'm right there with you. Like I, I don't think if you were gonna if you were to go back and watch this movie, you wouldn't be catching little clues here and there. Maybe <laughs> no. maybe like one or two. Maybe. But like yeah. it's not gonna it's not gonna enrich your viewing of of this movie again. Right. Um. Yeah. So I I I was gonna say the same thing. Like a movie like Fight Club, who which is probably the most obvious example of this. Um, mm -hmm. but it is probably the best example of how to do it well. And cause yeah. I mean, it's the, the, the amount of attention that Fincher just gives to everything, right. Like yeah. kind of like he, he will do that. Right. Um, mm -hmm. in like, yeah. Anyway. So, uh, the corpse of Alice tackles Kristen out of the window. And then we see, you know, she's not dead. She's, she's at the bottom of the, uh, she had fallen from the third floor or whatever. But we see Alice there, not Kristen. She's still alive. Mm -hmm. um, and then we find out that the man and the woman from the mirror, the sad people, are actually her parents. Yeah. And then we, uh, they're visiting her in her hospital bed. And she's going to go home in a few days. Um, Dr. Stringer, she tells Dr. Stringer that she, she thinks she can remember everything now. Um, and so they leave her, she's back in her room, she picks up the sketchbook and she sees the drawings she made of her personalities and she's packing up her stuff. She opens the medicine cabinet 
and out jumps Kristen. One final jump scare. <laughs> it's very Friday Silly. the 13th. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that is the word. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. I went blew through that one. Great. Perfect. Hey, good for us. Uh, <laughs> okay, guys. So a few things that we like to cover here at the end of these movies. Um, one is the moments that have aged the worst. Um, I'm going to speak for myself. I don't really think there's anything uh-huh. in here that, that didn't age well. Uh, yeah. As, as far as like contents, special mm-hmm. effects are fine. Everything's yeah, fine. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything offensive in here. Um, no, I do think, uh, you know, now that you've pointed out the Mad Men connection to me, I have a hard time separating myself from the idea that this movie is trying a little too hard to capture that bit of the zeitgeist that is no longer mm-hmm. a thing. Um, and so I'll probably say that. And then along with what we talked about, the electro shock therapy stuff is also, I just think it's unhelpful and misleading. Yeah. And I do think like you made a great point that there have been like dark times in the history of mental health. Uh, but it's like, for the most part, the idea of stigmatizing mental health treatment, uh, I think is bad for our society. Um, and I think that like this all kind of feeds into a problem we have these days, this sort of anti-science bent, um, like it's all kind of part and parcel of the same thing. I was reading on this and there was literally, I think it was, um, Humphreys maybe that was running against Nixon Mm-hmm. And his running mate, it came out that he had tr- been treated for depression and received ECT and treatment, and they threw him off the ticket and replaced Holy him shit. with someone else. And obviously, this was like the 60s or the 70s, so it was, it's a different time. But like, I think that tells you all you need to know. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, now that it's 2020, if we're going to start like, uh, you know, eliminating people from contention for things because they've dealt with mental health issues it's like you're not gonna have fucking anybody left can it's you part imagine of the human did that still it's, yeah it's the human condition like get used <laughs> to it like go to therapy you know uh yeah. but anyways oh, so that's my that's my spiel on things that didn't age quite so well i guess it's, it's uh, tangential and i'll say something that's not as important as what you just said mm-hmm. um but the there's that one piece of the score that just sounds like it's sure. not of its yeah. time. It's not of the sixties, mm-hmm. but it's also not yeah. of yeah. the 2010s. <laughs> um, all right. Best death. You're going to do the thing where you want to say a different one than the one that I say, you go ahead and say it and okay. I'll, and I'll maybe I'll, uh, yeah, I think for me it was. I already kind of include this off. I think Emily's throat slash uh, by Alice is probably the best done. It's the best effect. Uh, it's pretty yeah. jarring. So yeah, that's my pick. That's my pick too. I went second, so you couldn't be like, "Well, I guess I have to pick a different one now." <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you don't want me to pick a different one, I won't pick a different one. I won't do. That. I can do the same one. I think it's like the only one really that, yeah. that is. No, there's not a lot of good deaths in this, and it turns out no. there's none. Uh, <laughs> Right. Yeah. So none of them actually happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So if you don't know this by now, where the hell have you been? Uh, you just been joining <laughs> us to watch the ward, which is so hard to find. Yeah. We got all our <laughs> ward um, heads out there. 
But we rate these movies on the Carpenter scale, and part of this month was to refine our Carpenter scale and to watch some movies we had never seen before or hadn't seen in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. The Ward. Um, so for me, The Ward was not a very scary movie. Uh, maybe I jumped. I was listening to it on headphones mm-hmm. at my okay. desk. Uh-huh. So maybe there were, were a couple jump scares that just like, just by nature of a loud noise, <laughs> kind, yeah. of, kind of made me jump. Yeah, but it's not I really a creepy movie. I think it's firmly mid range uh, because, like, you got to take into account that there's a handful of Carpenter movies that aren't trying to be scary, so sure. those are always going to sure. live at the bottom of the range, right? Yeah. And then he's also got some that, like, maybe are, but just kind of really fail. Which I'm going to guess, like, a Ghost of Mars is in there. Vampires, probably. We have to watch those next year, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so it's like below 50th percentile but pretty close to the middle of the pack, I guess is how I would I would sure. slot it in. Yeah. I'll say that we gave Ginger Snaps 2 The Ward uh-huh. as uh-huh. a rating. Yeah. But I'll say The Ward, you are no Ginger Snaps 2. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny cuz Eric liked Ginger Snaps 2 more than I did. I would say I would say that that's pretty fair. <laughs> Actually, I think I had about the same amount of affection for both of these movies for different reasons. You know, I think this is a more professional film and the acting performances are are not even the acting performances. It's a little higher production value budget and it looks a little bit better. Um, It's not as interesting, but I didn't really enjoy or dislike either one. They were both very right in the middle. Um, uh, so in terms of the, wait, this? where I'm would sorry. I, no, no, go ahead. You know, where, where would, would you put, put this on, on the carpenter scale? I was thinking about, um, I don't know. Can we come back to it? Yeah. Okay. We can table it. I just feel like, I don't know if I can decide right now. Mm, let's just, you know what? I'm going to, all right, we'll come back to it, but let's pencil in, uh, the ward. Okay. Fair enough. Is that okay? Placeholder, yes, as a placeholder. As a placeholder, okay. Okay, great. Uh, and then, so finally, Mary Fuck Kill. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm kind of a this tweener is... on this one. I, I'm I'm sort of in between two ratings. Yeah, I mean, I think it's clear where both of us landed, right? Um, yeah, if it's between a, a fuck and a kill, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a kill. Uh, but it's like the mm-hmm. faintest of kills because yeah. it's like, if you, I put it this way, if I'm just trying to do a service to the listener who hasn't seen this, I'd, I'd say this. It's like, it's literally, it's a, we flipped a coin and the coin landed on its edge. It's, if this sounds like something you'd like, watch it. You might yeah. like it. If this sounds like uh, something you wouldn't don't. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree. It's, it's a kill for me, but the faintest of kills it's almost mm-hmm. a fuck, but I don't ever really want to watch this movie again. And not yeah. because I find it so like, you know, offensive or, or unpleasant. No. It's just like, I don't know. It's kind of boring. I don't. Yeah. It's hard enough to watch anyway. Like we had, we watched on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, I don't ever see myself being in the situation <laughs> where someone's like, Hey, let's watch the ward. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's a kill for me. It's not fun enough for, to be a fuck. Um, no. I think if but it's it, also it's, not bad. It's not a bad movie. No, it's not bad. But I think like a good litmus test for me is if I'm in a home 
not my own that has like the full cable package with all the pay channels. Yeah. And I was like flipping around and this was on. I don't think I would leave it on. I think I would go find something else to watch. Yeah. You know? Like if, if you're staying in an Airbnb and they just have like a bunch of random DVDs that you can watch. Right. Like, and if this were one of yeah. them, I'd probably find something else. But yeah. You know. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Great. Um, Okay, guys, we're going to take another quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to follow up last week's candy ranking segment. And I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. All right, be right back. Stick around. We're back. Oh, I don't. I don't think Mike and I have ever been this excited to record a segment. <laughs> <laughs> We're like positively giddy. Uh, it maybe tells you something about what we should really be doing. <laughs> like. uh, so last week, if you joined us, you know that we rated our top five personal candy rankings for halloween what mm-hmm. we would like to see in our little plastic pumpkins or candy yeah. sacks at the end of the night empty pillowcase uh, perhaps both... if you're if you're poor yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and we both ended up with number one being for me a reese's peanut butter pumpkin and for mike mm-hmm. a reese's peanut butter cup okay um, so you're up to speed with that. Now we decided mm-hmm. for this episode, we are going to definitively sample both the Reese's peanut butter cup and the Reese's peanut butter pumpkin to decide uh-huh. which one is the best. Yeah. Plus we have another wrinkle, which we discovered, uh, I think maybe after we recorded, we ha- we yeah. now have a Reese's peanut butter Reese's pieces stuffed peanut butter cup. Yeah, and um, I will say uh we'll, we'll get into the 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 real specifics of what we're trying. Mm-hmm. Oh, my cat's going through the bag. Uh-oh. Hold on. Oh no. Get some rustling. Disaster. Crazy. Oh no, she okay. ate all of them. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's not happy. Um does chocolate kill cats too? Um so I'll just throw out there right now. Um I was I actually have a Reese's pieces pumpkin not a cup i hope that's not going to throw things off oh interesting so i have little miniature reese's Mm -hmm. uh, peanut butter cups reese's pieces peanut butter cups so i I will say that we have different varieties we have different varieties but i think the idea we'll get the idea yeah it's a cup it's a it's a reese's peanut butter object stuffed with pieces yes um i have a feeling mine's probably gonna be better um, I kind of think so too, too, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have a little bonus treat at the end, which I don't think you have, but I was going to throw in because it was there and I haven't had it. And it's another one. Should I? I'll save that for the end. Okay. Um, did you have a reveal as well? Which one do you want to start with? Or I have in my hand a peanut butter cup. I have the king sized. We got the king sized of the pumpkins, Ooh, which these nice. bad boys clocking in if you eat both 350 calories <laughs> hot damn this is um, yeah uh let's start with the classic let's go okay. with the original reese's peanut butter cup okay um Sounds now great. i have the two pack and you have the halloween snack size so yours is gonna be about one tenth of an ounce smaller than mine i think okay uh yeah we, we just had mine actually are... had these for halloween mm-hmm. um okay so I didn't, yeah, I how didn't many, additionally purchase the ones that I went out and bought were the 
the uh, peanut butter pumpkins, and then we right. we were ordering groceries, and we just saw that they had the peanut gotcha. butter, the Reese's peanut butter stuffed ones, so we got those. I'm, I made okay. a very fast masked run to CVS, so it is what it is. All right, peanut butter cup, the unwrap. ASMR. Uh, everybody knows it. It's classic. We don't really need to describe it to you guys. Uh, it's milk chocolate. You got peanut butter in the middle. I'm just going to eat about half of it, I think. I think so, too, for me. Uh, so yeah. for me, what's really going to factor in is mm-hmm. the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter. That's, that's yeah, what I'm going to be part. paying the most attention to. Okay. All right. Mouthfeel, you ready to do this? I think, makes a difference, too. The texture. Mm. The peanut butter cup has these ridges on it, which you do miss that with some of the uh, mm-hmm. the other varieties, and I wonder if that'll make a difference for me. Okay. Ready to go. Cheers. Cheers. It's going to be hard not to eat this whole thing. Mm. Well, just remember, you're about to eat a bunch more mm-hmm. Reese's stuff, so. Okay. okay. I mean, my first thoughts are, is a nice salty hit from the peanut butter. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I love a Reese's peanut butter cup. As a 36, soon to be 37-year-old man, the chocolate is a little too sweet for me. Yeah. Uh, it's not what I would pick if I was composing a candy bar, certainly. Um, um, and also, as a, a now 38-year-old man, I think the peanut butter, at this point, I prefer, you know, your Justin's mm-hmm. peanut butter cups. Are they Justin's? I believe that's what it Justin's, is. Justin's, Yeah. I think Justin's are very hit and miss on texture. Sometimes mm. it's super dry and crumbly. Other times it's oily. Um, I the, do like the flavor. Yeah. Oh, as I say, the peanut butter inside of a peanut butter cup is not like the texture of any peanut butter you've ever had. <clears throat> it's more like no. peanut butter fudge. I would compare it to. It's kind of green. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Perhaps a little bit softer than you would expect a traditional fudge to be, but closer to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I will say that, like, I'll say, like, taking that bite, that bit that was just cup, just the chocolate, Mm -hmm. was very sweet. It hit Mm -hmm. me as very, very sweet, and not so bad as to say off-putting, but, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't my preference. Um, uh, which one's next, Eric? Let's do the pumpkin. Okay. The straight pumpkin. Uh, now mine, my pumpkin, I'll say had a little, Ooh, it's very melty. So is mine. Yeah. Um, okay. So immediately there, a little bit of a knock. It's, yeah. Not, it's not really tough to re- handle retaining its pumpkin shape. It's very oily. Yeah. I'm actually going to go get a paper towel because I'm getting a little bit of oil on my fingers. Oh boy. Okay. As you can see, I'm holding mine up for the camera. Uh, the shape of the pumpkin not intact. It's a little yeah, bit melty on the underside for me. Mm-hmm. My stem is totally crushed and actually exposed peanut butter, and then it is quite melty. To hold it in my hands, like necessitates the use of a napkin or something. Yep, so. same here. Same um, here. All right, well, let's take a bite. All right. Much stronger. There's more peanut butter. This is a more densely yeah. packed peanut butter yeah. item. 
I think it's thicker. I think it's a little bit taller. And I think most of what you're getting is more peanut butter from that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at a, at a cross section. Yeah. I mean, it's, cool. it's minimal, but there's a little more peanut butter height. Uh, very sweet. Mm-hmm. Very sweet. <laughs> okay. Mm. Pretty good, though. I like mm-hmm. it. Okay. Um, any other notes before we move on to the pieces? Um, it, it is. I don't think I've ever had back to back peanut butter cup to uh, pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Notably sweeter, I, I, I would say. You think it's sweeter? I feel. I feel like it was the same for me. Really? Yeah. I think. That, I mean, the chocolate's the same, and it's about. It's a little bit less chocolate. Yeah, I mean, they're all very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, right, I'm going for my pieces. I'm getting my pieces. Hold that pumpkin bad boy out. up. I'd like to see what that looks like. I mean, it's a freak. Um, <laughs> it's a freak. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a little misshapen. Uh, it's definitely maybe there was some melting at one point. These don't seem to. I mean, here's the thing: they are not wrapped in the cup wrapper that a traditional cup has, and I mm-hmm. think that's probably contributing to some 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 uh more morphing or however you want to put it okay so and i have the mini so this thing Mm -hmm. is i'm just gonna eat this whole thing okay all right Mm. Mm. that's a fun textural thing i like the crunchiness yeah i kind of do too um, so I've been sort of eating these throughout the week because I've just been sitting out. <laughs> okay. Um, my memory of them were like, oh, this is sweeter than yeah. a peanut butter cup. But now having had all three now, I actually think this might be the least sweet of the three. At least to it, me, they're all the same. Oh, they're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> when they probably are all the same, but maybe it's just because I have the smaller, like, mini there's just less mm-hmm. less there yeah you're probably okay, getting more chocolate too yeah i'm um, getting more chocolate yeah i mean my immediate response is i like that uh i thought it's pretty good mm-hmm. what's nice is you get that crunchy texture from the candy shell of the reese's pieces mm-hmm. but i mean is it better than if we just had a reese's with chunks of nuts peanuts in it i don't think so i think i yeah. prefer that yeah. It is a nice textural right. thing, but I, I, I kind of think it might be a needless complication. Yeah. Uh I mean it's nice for variety, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not mad that it exists. No, no. Um Okay. And then I have my bonus fourth one here. Um so this you may have seen. This is not a Halloween thing. It's been around for a few months. It is a Reese's peanut butter lovers. Oh. So half of the shell is peanut butter. Um and when you talked about peanut butter fudge, I think this will almost be exactly that. Yeah. Um, so this was released in tandem with Chocolate Lovers, which is just an abomination, which is a Reese's peanut butter cup with less peanut butter in it and more what? chocolate coating. Yeah. No. I don't know who the fuck is no, buying that. Yeah. Fucking sociopath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can see, so this has a peanut butter top and oh, a little yeah. bit of the top layer. Um. Oh, it, it almost is looks totally like melted. 
Oh, wow. really? It does. The bottom of this is completely melted. Yeah. It's sticking to the um, to the cup. So I'm just going to do my best here. No. Mm-mm. So, well, the aftertaste is interesting, but the cup itself doesn't really taste that much. Like, it doesn't taste the same as the peanut butter filling. It is a different peanut butter flavor. It is a more artificial and a sweeter peanut butter flavor than the traditional filling. Okay. So, really, I mean, is peanut butter lover in the broadest sense of the term? Yeah. That one's a loser for me. I would okay. not go back to that. I think the stuff with pieces is a fun enough addition that peanut butter lovers is a, is a, I would not recommend it. Okay. Uh, right. I couldn't just sit with a half eaten peanut butter pumpkin <laughs> here. So I ate the rest of it while you're eating that. <clears throat> I'm finishing my pieces pumpkin now. Do you, so what are your overall thoughts and are, do we want to do a ranking here? Is that, that feels like the right way to go. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, let's start from the bottom. Okay. Obviously, I didn't. Ha- I didn't have the peanut butter lovers, peanut butter cup. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like I probably would be in the same ranking as you. But for the ones I did have, uh, my number three, I'm gonna have to go with the um, the Reese's Pieces stuffed cup, which is okay. you know Many none of these things are dis- are disgusting. I would eat it. Mm-hmm. I've been eating it all yeah. week. <laughs> right. But for me, that's that's my number three. Okay. Um, yeah, so I would put the peanut butter lovers fourth at the bottom. Um, I'm going back through for one more bite of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to. And I am going to say that I think my number three is going to have to be the traditional cup. I think hmm. the form factor for melting and for holding it is the best but the reason that's happening is because you're getting more of this chocolate that i just don't like that much i yeah the chocolate holds this back a little bit and like i don't want to turn this into a reese's bashing because they're still my favorite major halloween candy you mentioned justin's i want to shout out the dark chocolate peanut butter cups from trader joe's Mm-hmm. I think those are my favorite, honestly, because the dark chocolate without all this additional sweetness makes the best contrast. And then it's like the peanut butter doesn't feel overwhelmingly sweet because it's fighting against a slightly more bitter chocolate. And it's a really good combo. So there's just too much of this just really treacly sweet chocolate in the traditional peanut butter cup. Uh, what do you think for number two? Uh, my number two is the traditional. Reese's peanut butter cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I do enjoy that. It was, it was the easiest one of them to hold as you alluded to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just had, you know, I finished off what was there because I'm, I am who I am and I can't change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, I have to agree with you. Just the, the, not an overabundance of chocolate, but compared to my number one pick, which now we all know what it is. I like mm-hmm. the le- the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter on the pumpkin more. Yeah. Because it's not a good chocolate. It, it's just... No. There's no denying it. You're not... You know, if you grew up in Europe, 
you're probably gonna be right. pretty appalled but what we call chocolate yeah. here <laughs> yeah that's not what you're showing up for you're not you're not coming to get the chocolate um no. well since there's only two left I, i'm gonna reveal some things with this pick and i'm gonna throw a little curveball down wow. the pipe here wow um I want to I want to note that with both the pumpkin offerings, I do want to dock a little bit of points for the form factor because they're too melty. They're harder to eat, uh, yeah. and I don't really want to get a bunch of melted chocolate on my hands. But they're both better to eat. They're more pleasant in the mouth, not on the way down. Um, and after just finishing both my pumpkins, the Reese's pieces and uh, the regular, I gotta say my number two pick is gonna be the regular pumpkin. Um, okay. Like uh, for all the reasons that Eric said, uh, I like it more than the peanut butter cup. But I will save the rest of my thoughts for for my number one. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, to, do you want to add so, anything? I mean, I guess oh. no secret. My number one mm-hmm. still is the peanut butter pumpkin. Uh, I do think it is very the at least the one that I just had. The peanut butter was very sweet, but I just enjoy that peanut butter so much. And you're getting a real mm-hmm. thick layer of peanut butter. This is a real peanut butter you packed are. thing. Yeah. One would argue, mm-hmm. if you're a peanut butter lover, the real cup <laughs> to go for. Um, <laughs> but yes, they are they're unruly. And mm-hmm. I was shocked by how many calories are just in one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, shots fired by Eric at the peanut butter lovers. Um. So as you guys know, I went with the newcomer. Um, my number one pick is going to be this pumpkin with Reese's Pieces. I I think the pumpkin is the is, is, is as Eric suggested on last week's podcast. It is the superior Reese's offering, and I didn't really determine much of a flavor difference between the pieces and the non pieces. Yeah, I think of Reese's Pieces as tasting different from peanut butter cups, mm-hmm. but I think they were mostly overwhelmed by the regular peanut butter cup peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And I just like that extra little textural crunch. I think it was nice. It didn't change the flavor substantially. So it was just like a little bit of a cherry on top. And that's why I'm going to go with that one for number one. I would actually, uh, you know, maybe we'll follow, follow this up for another segment. Yeah. <laughs> but I would. You got to get your hands on one of these. I know. Yeah, I do. This is pumpkin. I really yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay, guys. There you have it. I hope you're as pleased as we were. <laughs> and hopefully yeah. I won't be coming down off my sugar high anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you weren't disgusted by all that chewing yeah. and smacking. I kind of hope you were disgusted because mm-hmm. that kind of does something for me. Um, okay. <laughs> hey, speaking <laughs> of disgusting, we have our new series to uh, to unveil. Yeah. We're going to be it's pretty heading exciting. into November. Ooh. What's that? Yeah. I said it's pretty exciting. It is very exciting. Um, we really want to give you guys a treat. We want to give ourselves a treat. We're going to be talking about the Evil Dead movies. Some faves of right. here at Killstreak. Yeah. Some all-time classics with us two hosts. And w- again, we really just want to subvert your expectations. So for the whole month of October, we gave you a bunch of weird, less-liked films. <laughs> and now that Halloween is ending... We're going to go into November with one of the most beloved horror <laughs> series <laughs> of the last 40 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, of course, we're talking about Evil Dead, the original mm-hmm. from the 70s. Evil Dead 2. It's the 80s. It was the 80s? Yeah, okay, sorry. We, yeah, yeah. Uh, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and then the remake. So mm-hmm. we, we will yep. be covering all four 
Yeah, we'll Can't probably take a little it. time. We'll take a little time, I think, too, to stop and talk about the Stars series, Ash versus the Evil Dead, although we won't do devote a full episode to it. Yeah, we'll touch on it. Maybe in the wrap-up. We'll yeah. see. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not, we don't have a wrap-up for the John Carpentober movies. Um, mm-hmm. We just didn't feel a need to, to rank them. It feels weird to rank them all against each other. Well, I was just going to say, as a closing thought on John Carpentober... Of these four movies that I had either never seen or not seen in a long time, I will give a, a an award out to the one that was the most pleasant surprise for me was Escape from L.A., which actually yeah. was better than I remembered it. And if I was going to tell you guys to go out and watch one of these four movies from the month of October, I think that would be the one. I think so. And I think Christine right behind it because I did enjoy Christine. Mm. Um, yeah. But not as much as Escape from L.A. That is... I'm very pleasantly surprised to to rewatch that and to enjoy it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what you can look for, out for this Thursday is another live commentary episode. And Mike, you want to tell the listeners what that it will be and with who? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the most popular Halloween movies ever. Just <laughs> people sit down every year to watch this in the month of October. We are going to be watching Alex Winter's Freaked from 1993. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're our age, there's a there's a good chance you might have seen this one on rotation on HBO back in the day. Um, yeah, but it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching it quite a bit, and in no small part because of our guest Eric. Tell him who we got. We've got the wonderful Whitney Moore. Um, Whitney Moore. She's a great actress and a host. Um, you can you've probably seen her stuff. Uh, on sci-fi she does she hosts mm-hmm. some sci-fi shows she hosts some dc online shows uh she's currently doing tower records live on instagram i believe and uh she was also in my movie another yeti love story life on the streets she was in the two birdemic movies and yeah, uh, a couple yeah. other uh fun movies that you should definitely check out and she's just a great person a good friend of ours and uh we had a lot of fun talking through An free- excellent guest yeah yeah uh, yeah, so stick around for that on Thursday. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Uh, and look uh, out on our Twitter for a link to watch Freaked. Yeah, because um, it's not really streaming anywhere, but we found it on YouTube, and we're going to post a link. Yeah, so it'll be easy for you to track down as long as you follow us at KillstreakPod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can also email us, KillstreakPod at gmail.com. Visit our Anchor website to leave us a voicemail. That is anchor.fm slash killstreakpod. And uh, we have an Instagram at killstreakpod and a Facebook at killstreakpod. And really just Google at killstreakpod and you will find our web presence everywhere. Yeah, and I'm going to start uh, tweeting more, Instagramming more, doing utilizing all of our social media presence. Uh, I promise you guys we're working on it. Um, yeah. But hey, in the meantime... And as always, so I can be a buddy or I can be a thorn in your side. It all depends on whether you're willing to follow the rules.